Steve, I'm excited you're here because the last time um, you came, you brought like the hottest game of the year. What was the la- what, what game was it the last time? I don't even remember. It was um, Inscription. Oh yeah, shit! Wow. And he brought Inscription. We were all like, just as like <laughs> an honorable mention. It wasn't even like the topic of the episode. Yeah, we were like, we no, were I was like, the th- I was th- like th- selling th- it. Three of us were like, huh? And Steve was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I, I listened to some of the playback, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was, like, telling them about how great it was, and everyone was like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> so here's the thing. We are posers. We don't play yeah. games. It's mostly <laughs> book reading in this podcast. We do some movie watching, Chris Plank can attest, and there's also puzzles. Yes. We do tons of jigsaw puzzles. Video games, not sur- not really. Not our thing. Steven, I got where I got to today because of my perfect butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You know what? Honestly, it. same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a fake gamer. I don't care. I got I'm, I'm picturing the butts right now. I got to admit. I'm picturing them. They look great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's the nicest My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Frushing, and I know the best game of the week. Steven, jump in there. My name is Steven Spawn, and I don't know anything. <gasps> oh. Whoa. Oh, that's that's very zen. <laughs> yeah, if you approach it from more of an existential place, you know, <laughs> yeah. can we ever really you know? Somebody experience yeah. Do we really know anything about anything ever, everywhere all at once? That's beautiful. Thank you. Hey, listen, this is the besties to video game club. By listening to this show, you have been conscripted into the console wars, but we're the Switzerland and you are in charge of snacks. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. And we're going to be talking about some sort of new entertainment, electronic confection, as we do every week. Uh, This time we are joined by Steven Spawn. Steven, so glad to have you filling in for Griffin McElroy, who is on assignment. This week we're going to be talking about Mr. Sun's hat box. What? What's that? Well, I'm very glad you asked. Mr. Sun's hat box is an adorable, cute, 2D game that looks like a mix of Spelunky Metal Gear Solid Five and Vlambeer games for you know the old heads who've been listening to this show for a long time. See, I was going to reference Mappy, but maybe uh, a little bit newer is better. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. You current. really outdid yourself. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, you said Mappy. I, I, mean, I thought Clippy. I thought the little tiny Microsoft little paperclip. Oh man, there should like, be a little more Clippy in this game. I'll admit. Yeah. Um, We are going to hear more about that bizarre sounding combination right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Hey guys, remember Mappy? <laughs> Russ, no. no. Nobody knows. remembers Mappy. Uh, man. Uh, I do remember Mr. Sun's hat box because I was playing it until about six minutes ago. So I do remember that. It so, is very fresh. So a little background on this game. This game that I had not heard of at all until uh, probably five days ago when Chris Plant sent me the trailer for this game. And, you know, Chris Plant knows me. He knows what gets my heart pumping. And man, this trailer definitely got me interested. 2D, roguelite, platforming, uh, wacky people falling over, slipping on banana peels, shooting like boxing gloves out of a bow and arrow. This is my jam right here, and I'm very, very excited to talk about it. Should I do that? Well, we talked about, we, I thought we needed a little bit of context because we had talked about Dead Rising 2 at the end of last week. Oh, yeah. We are going to talk um, about it. Just we're, in not, the, we're not, we're going to talk about it. A little later in the, in, less. In, in, later and less. <laughs> later and less. Yeah, our initial plan was to do that, but we will discuss why we may be pivoted in the second half of the show. Yes, I think that sounds right. So I... I looked at this game and I, I'm on a hot streak with this like sending fresh things. And I'm like, oh, this kind of looks eh, like. I don't know about that. You just told me yesterday. I know, but I didn't love Patch Quest. That was the last game you recommended to me. And so. I recommended six games to you since eh, then. But this one's good. Here's the thing I'm, I am, Russ I am. picky because he's one of the best like game recommenders. That's true. I'm very, very good. So he's because oh I personally craft all my recommendations for the person because I know them so well. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Here's the thing: I found imagine, a great... imagine like the guys in High Fidelity, uh-huh. except at any point they could burst out of their store <laughs> and into your home <laughs> and tell you what records to listen to. That's like that's like Russ with his unfettered access to me. <laughs> Uh, Sounds like you're like the chat GPT of game recommendations. Can I just like put in some parameters? And be like, I like uh, games that have shooty McShoots and also fun. Give me game. Go. Here's the thing: no one's ever seen me in, in person, boy. So no. there's really no okay. telling. Oh. Okay. What about yeah, that, that? Once the AI's got so powerful, yeah, they sent you from the future, and now you're back. <laughs> I see yes. how it works. Um, okay, I'm going to talk about like what this game is really quick. Uh, you are a, a little dude who goes on missions into various 2D levels, and your goals will be like, kill everyone in this area, or steal this file and get to the end of the zone and leave. Uh, pretty simple stuff. Uh, but if you die, you're dead forever. And it's quite easy to die, because especially early on, each character has various, like, I guess, challenges that they're like trying like one is like you 
shit every time you kill someone. I think they're called so quirks you in this game. So, yeah, quirks. So it, ma- it makes it makes uh, people know if you if you shit everywhere, you people are going to Quir- smell it. It's just I basic. think quirks are neutral. No, no, I think no. Yes. I, I think all of the quirks, whether they're beneficial or not, are are called quirks. Oh no, no, no. no. I, yes, okay, I don't remember quirk. I don't think from Deep Space Nine, he was not neutral. He was like a bad character. <laughs> That's actually. true. That's true. He only cared about yeah. money and females. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, they, it, 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 early on, you're mostly getting uh, folks that like have very little health. You or, can only shoot in one direction. Yeah. Will be one. Or if you if you get spotted, you immediately freak out. Uh, so what you have to do, uh, especially early, is you have uh, what are those balloons called? Oh, that are Metal Gear Solid Five Fultons. Sure. Yeah, you use those to steal you like other characters, and you send them to your base. And then once you've either died or won the mission, you go back to your base and you can begin to brainwash some of the characters that you've stolen. And then you can start building out your base with research and science labs and uh, health recovery bays and all these different things. And slowly but surely, you are getting stronger characters. You are either by brainwashing them or just upgrading them through uh, playing enough stages. Uh, characters start getting actual benefits instead of whatever the setbacks are. And you gradually make your way through the game collecting five absolutely fantastic and precious hats. And that's it. There's so many systems in this game. I feel like I could talk for another five hours and I don't want to do that. So I'm I do want to say there. for people that have played Metal Gear Solid Five a lot, the like meta game of this is like uncannily similar and obviously inspired because of the Fulton aspects and like, but the fact that you're assigning all these people to different jobs back at your home base and that makes future missions easier and unlocks new perks, all very, very much inspired by Metal Gear Solid Five. I'd love to hear from Please. you, Steven. What what did you uh what was your initial impression and how did it how did it had you heard let me first ask, had you heard of this game before I sent you the link for it? No, I had never heard of the game before. Um, I assumed that it was some sort of because you know, that was like the ninth game that you proposed. So <laughs> That's I, true. I, was, I was pretty sure you were just at this point like I don't know what do we do this one sure why not? Um, <laughs> no, but it it, it it seemed like I, I definitely felt the the Solid Snake uh, flavor to the game. Um, I. I like I like that roguelite bringing in other characters to supplement your gameplay and add additional perks. I, I I'm really into that roguelite rogue right rogue. rogue I, I don't even know what the difference is. Rogue I think light, it's a roguelite. Rogue so that I yeah. think that roguelikes are the ones where you die and you start totally from scratch, like a Splunky. Roguelites are the ones where you're unlocking things that make future runs easier. Not to be a pedant about it. <laughs> No, the, I think I think you can use either, and it's fine. Uh, yes, I, also yeah. true. <laughs> I remember there was a th- wasn't it uh, one of the Steam things last year? They did like a whole thing on okay, these are lights, these are likes. Y'all can't get them straight, but here's the games that Fucking are likes. Gabe here's is in his likes. tower decreeing, <laughs> <laughs> juggling knives. Uh, I liked it though. I thought it was kind of neat. It reminded me. Um, in a weird way, almost, of State of Decay 2. It kind of had that, like, you have different characters that can do different things and help your overall, only not as broken. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't play a ton of that game. Is this is this the sort of game you, like, play a fair amount or not really in terms of, like, 2D? I know you play shooters a lot and stuff like that. I don't know what your tolerance is for this sort of game. 
Yeah, I, I think those kind of games are actually my favorite. Was, uh, again, listening to the the playback before, was, we've talked a lot about progress games, and I think what's interesting to me was how that really sung to me as a gamer. I really find my lizard brain enjoys the the little dings of progress. I love that in Power Wash Simulator. Just to give give me the feedback. It just tells me I'm doing a good job, video game. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, proud yeah. of you. I'm proud of you, son. Thanks, Dad. I mean, video games. <laughs> <laughs> now, Justin, you uh, um, uh, made fun of me because, uh, again, you also agreed that this was like a frustic ash, frustic game, and also very spelunky. Yeah, and I, yeah, you snuck a spelunky. But on I me. know how you feel about. Well, I feel like you came around on spelunky eventually, right? Did you? Huh. Maybe um, not. I like spelunky too. Yeah. Okay. Kinda. Um, I got it eventually. I. I... <sighs> I actually like I I like this one a bit more actually. I I'm I'm not like uh it had a very um how can I put this? It, it it the way it uh introduced a lot of frustration in with those very pleasurable mechanics for me gave it like it funky is like the yeah. best word where word I could think of it from like a gameplay. The way people use that in like flavors like an orange like wine. Ugh. Huh? <laughs> An orange wine? No, You're like not? like a like a pleasurable bitterness. Mm. You know what I mean? It's okay. like I would get really mad at this game, like really frustrated. I would say you know seventy five percent of the time it was like frustrating but fair. Like okay, if I had taken a bit more time there, then I probably wouldn't have um you know I wouldn't have died there, and it's probably my fault. I would say like twenty five percent of the time, and this is not dissimilar from Spelunky. Um. Everything will just sort of happen at once <laughs> for net for for no discernible reason. Everything will just sort of like fall apart. Like they'll just introduce a weird trap for no reason, or um, you know, you'll be wearing the hat <laughs> that fires a gun, and then you jump up and your head hits a platform, and that fires a gun into another guy that then hears you and comes in to kill you. That kind of thing. Um, but like it, it's so sort of inconsequential. It's not yeah. like you start the run over again when it falls apart. It's like you start the run over again, but really you may not even be losing anything. Hell, you may have finished the mission and are just sort of like letting that guy go and getting a new guy. Or, or um, even like the stuff that you collected before the mission went awry, like you still have, like the stuff that you sent back to your base, you still have. So you still get some stuff. And when I first started playing, I was like, oh man, I've got a few guys that I've been using like a ton in these missions and they're super leveled up and they've got all these perks to them. And I was worried that if I lost one of them, I'd be like, fuck this game. I'm never playing it again. So frustrating, whatever. And I was playing a mission. It was set in the clouds. There's an area that's like in literally in the clouds and you, it's really the only area where you can fall to your death because you just drop, you know, through an infinite void. And I... I guess I killed someone who had a boxing glove helmet and there yeah. that fell to the floor and it ended up launching my character all the way across the screen through the clouds, hitting two walls and then eventually plummeting to their death. And it was, again, one of my better characters. And I thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. And I just like started really another funny. run. Like it didn't matter because they they just load you up with guys They you get so many units to play with. And you can craft, as you get deeper into the game, you can craft specific units to like instill quirks into them or remove certain quirks. So eventually you can like very carefully and gingerly like make this unstoppable like killing force. 
So the guys that you get, generally speaking, they are disposable and it's fine. You just sort of have to like roll with the punches. We're, we're, we're leaving out like one huge thing that's in the name of the game, which is the hats. Oh, um, yeah. Steven, could you, what was your take on the hats and kind of like how they work? I think that it, um, go with me on this. This is a, this is a rust level <laughs> jump here. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah, it felt a little, little like lemmings. Like it felt. A, oh. Yeah. No, ice caps. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it felt very much lemming-ish. Is that a word? Sure, sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it felt you very have like the like... class-based like specialists, if you will. Yeah, almost like a, you have your own little little. They each have their own function, and you can definitely feel where the game wanted you to lean a certain direction for a task to be accomplished. So it was almost felt like um, here's an area, and here's a bunch of different items you could use to get through this wall but here's a sledgehammer don't you want to use the sledgehammer <laughs> i think the sledgehammer is probably the best part yeah and it, it just like felt, it felt a little bit like the game definitely kind of wanted you to, to use certain hats it felt like there was times that were more appropriate where they definitely said all right we needed a hat to do this and i i kind of enjoy that in a game where it gives you that choice where sure you could go the hard road if you want to but also here's a hat that directly fits into that slot don't you want to use this hat yeah, I also like yeah, the fact for- that some of the hats have, like, basically no purpose whatsoever. You, there's, like, a blindfold yeah. that you can wear that literally puts, like, a big black bar on the center of the screen that has, like, no upside for you. There's, like, uh, earmuffs that, like, muffle all the audio in the game, which is definitely a disadvantage. But they're just, like, kind of silly and... And then there's headphones that put on yeah, different you music. Yeah, you can put on different music. <laughs> yeah. which I, there's, which I uh, uh, there was one more that I was like, oh, that's, oh yeah, the camera. You can pick up like a camera. This isn't a hat. This is just something you pick up. And when you uh, use it, um, it just takes screenshots of what you're looking at. Like it doesn't have any attack use whatsoever. And it's that's just great. like full of like cute little like funny interactions like that that I thought was just like so in line with what like what they were trying to do. Yeah, so, something else along the same lines with the the tone thing. Um, it's not, and, and with like choosing your hat, you take a hat and a um, a weapon, you know, or or baguette <laughs> <laughs> into every level. And um, the by and large, though, it's not really that hard. Like, it's not that hard to avoid a bunch of people. Usually, like you're much more mobile than a lot of them. They don't have a lot of ways to catch up with you. It's not that hard. Almost every time I died. It was because somebody had something I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it was almost all every time brought on myself of like, wow, look at that hat. I wonder what that hat does. I gotta kill yeah. that guy and take it. One hat. of them has a freaking soup container that puts on its head. That's adorable. Yeah, you That's can great. pick up the soup container, and if an enemy falls on your head while it's in the soup container, you can then use a Fulton to rescue both the soup container and the enemy that's stuck in there oh, back to the base yeah. in one in one go. That's so perfect. fucking cool. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. only uh, not in the water and not a shark. It actually, it's nothing to do with <laughs> the, the the uh The hats basically... Almost every character that you come across is wearing a hat of some sort. And what Steven was saying about like there being like a right one to use, I found that like, yeah, you would have um, like in, for example, the uh, the cloud level, you have to climb upwards yeah. to do it. And you're actually jumping up through many platforms. And in like that one, having a spiky helmet or the punching uh, glove 
is useful because you can actually jump up into enemies intentionally to knock them out. So like that that would be extremely helpful. Having a hat that like shoots sideways, like there's a turret hat basically that when somebody jumps on it, it shoots to left or right. That's actually like yes, less useful in a level like that. So because you have those balloons, you can store up that balloon and then next time you are going into a mission where you would actually need that, you can pick it from your list or all of these hats are kind of like a currency. Yeah. So to do certain upgrades, it'll be like, you need five hats that are just sharks that sit on your head uh, with the Jaws reference. And you would need to like have gone into missions, found a way to get those hats off people's heads without being bitten by said shark. Um, and got and the back. game so is really it, clever about it because it'll you'll eventually get a very early on, actually, you get an upgrade that will highlight any hats that you need for future upgrades. So you'll be going through a mission super careful, like, and as Justin alluded to, like, you'll see a glowing propeller hat in the distance, and maybe there's, like, three guys around it, and you, like, can't help yourself but have to, like, risk it and go out, even though you don't need to. You could just wait for another propeller hat to show up. But, man, I gotta gotta go for that. (laughs) I will say that what will probably keep me, and this is personal, but not, like, intimate this is like a personal thing for me but if you are of a similar proclivity what will probably keep me from sticking with this for a long time is that um at least in my experience so far the curve of the difficulty and the power it stays relatively Mm -hmm. flat like you you don't get a hat or a gun or an upgrade or any one thing that really changes the dynamic that much like even with a great weapon and great loadout, it could still be undone like really quickly by randomness in in the level. So um, it's a much more slight sort of power curve, and that's just f- for me usually um, not as not as uh, hooky, I guess. I I was in that same spot a couple days ago, and y- 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 it changes. <laughs> um, and 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 credit to Rush Rushik before he credits himself here. I got to where it got quite difficult. Uh, and got heated. And this is a game where, like, if you get, um, in Freshest Words, on tilt, it, it gets bad very quickly <laughs> because yeah. because the, you just Russ's start losing a lot of characters. Losing a guy is a lot less palatable when it's like all of your decent <laughs> guys yeah. are dead and they all lost all their hats and no guns. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and I was not being very careful about, like, what type of loadouts I was taking into a mission or just, like, playing it slower. Like, yeah, not trying to get in fights. And... Once I did that, I I got moving, and now I, for, uh, did anybody here beat? Yeah, the game? I beat it yesterday. So, it, did you do any of the new game plus? Stuff? Uh, I just dipped a toe in, but I do uh, like related to the end of the game, and I'm not going to give major spoilers. But the end of the game has a mission that is like ten to fifteen levels in a row, and wow. one of the um, one of the I I always like look at Steam achievements, even though it doesn't really matter. But like I, I'm curious, and one of the achievements was beat that final mission with one guy. Uh, normally, you can bring backups uh, where, like, if your first guy dies, you have a backup come in. And I was like, I think I can do this. And to Justin's point about the randomness, I was able to like handcraft this dude using a variety of different like perks and upgrades or whatever it is. That eventually, it took me like three or four tries, but eventually I was able to beat 15 levels in a row with the same guy. So, so you can kind of overcome the randomness to it to the point where, like, I'm not unkillable, certainly. It took me a few tries, 
but there are, I'm not a god. There, I'm not. I mean, I'm close, but I'm a simple Russ Frustin. Uh, I, I would say like there are ways. There are ways. <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> Listen, there are guys, ways. I'm not saying I'm good at the game, but I did be 15 level about dying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do call me Russ hum- humble brag Frustic, so. That's, that's um, sure. They're very outdated. Um, do you? Did any of you play multiplayer? No, I didn't try it. I want to try this. I I didn't even realize it was there um, until just yesterday, and I saw a video of of the kind of like four player. It looks kind of like Splunky multiplayer. A little bit of that. A little bit of Power Stone in two D. But I yeah. So there's a death match mode. Interested. It's all local. There's yeah. no online play, but you can play over like remote mm. play and stuff. But so there's a death match mode. But you can also play any of the missions in the game in co-op with four players, um, which is inc- mm. incredibly cool. It's like a great couch co-op game that would be very probably make it harder to play with multiple people, but probably pretty silly and fun. But it's all local. Yeah, it's just local. Yeah, not online. But on Steam, that doesn't matter because you could just. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the connection. I, you know, it 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 can be hard if you're playing like plant you and I. If we played together, probably wouldn't be super playable. Eh, we'll try. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you guys normally do a lot of new game plus stuff, or Uh, like I, I feel like it's new game plus seems to be like you either like that kind of mechanic or you don't. It depends on the game. I think certain games are like like Rogue Legacy 2 is like a perfect example of like really clever New Game Plus mechanics. This game actually does have some uh, twists to the New Game Plus format as well. Um, so I was actually pretty encouraged, but it really like, A, it needs to be a game I'm really into. Like if it's a fucking Souls game, yeah, hell yeah, bring it on. But if it's a game I'm lukewarm on, I'll just stop right there. What about you, Steven? Yeah, I mean, I feel kind of the same way. There, there's a weird. Uh, you get into a game and you're just like, I would like to play more of this, and it doesn't even matter if I've already done it and seen all the story. And then there's other ones where I'm like, you know what? It rolled credits. I'm good now. Uh, yeah. Goodbye, game. And then you just like never think about it again. And it, it's not that you didn't like the game. It's just that you're like, you know what? My time here is done, and now I shall walk into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. I. For me, this game feels like the pre new game plus is i guess maybe the training yeah for a kind of endless roguelike type of game um because the game itself is like maybe six hours eh, a little more um, wow maybe you are hours. good it's a little more than that i i think i spent like eight hours on that first run okay maybe you should uh get yeah good. i mean i i haven't i haven't i haven't done the the the, the 12 uh, yet, so i'm i'm right near the end so maybe that's gonna take me a lot longer um before we wrap on it, two very important details about it. One, I believe it's only $15. Yeah. Which is a great price for this, um, uh, in my opinion. And two, I think it was largely made by one person. Yeah, I believe his name um, is Kenny Sun, which is funny because yeah. it's called Mr. Sun's Hatbox. And, um, I mean, obviously there are there was support in, in the form of, like, uh, marketing and and uh, audio help and stuff like that, but but the core team was really Kenny Sun, uh, who has been making indie games for the last uh, ten or so years. So yeah, pretty pretty impressive, and and love to see these original ideas come from like auteurs like that. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll come back and just sort of get loose, you know, just sort of get loose. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? 
the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Steven, I know that you've been, uh, I've, I've heard some chatter about a game called Meet Your Maker lately, and I know that you have, have spent a little time with it. And I'd love to to get get the pitch because maybe this is the new inscription. I don't I don't know. Uh, no, I'm good. Good. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just say no. Just like it's no. Not. In the fuck. <laughs> oh, I love doing that. Uh, no. If you if I didn't respond there, that would be the end of the podcast. That would just be it. Yeah. Like that would be like no oh, the entire podcast. Yeah. Of yeah. Of like all podcasts. <laughs> It's it's always, it's my podcast fun equivalent of uh, did you ever play? There was a Far Cry game where it's literally you have to make a choice for your main protagonist to go onto the bus to begin the game. But oh, there's yeah. an Easter egg if you don't go on the bus. The game's just like, all right, well, you didn't die. You didn't. Nothing bad happened. Good job. <laughs> Good job. You won. No, meet meet your maker. Oh, the guy like leaves, yeah, right? Like, and he like yeah, he's like, "I'll be back in a while." <laughs> he comes back after like an hour. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, no, but your maker is really fun. It, it, it's it's from the creators of Dead by Daylight. 
Um, it is some uh, really, in- I don't want to say intuitive, but it's also very, it feels very familiar. You know when you jump into a game, it's got a new concept, but you kind of feel like, I've been here before and I don't mm. know why. It, it's got that, that feel to it. Imagine a game that has a lot of like Lego blocks and you, of course, are trying to murder other people who are building with Lego blocks, you know, normal stuff. And you have a base and you're building your base out of these Lego Lincoln log kind of things of different parts that you can put in the base. You can put traps, you can put walls, you can put different things and there's a treasure chest and you can bury the treasure chest anywhere you want in your base and then other people come and they try to take the treasure chest and there's no like loss for for somebody coming in and getting it from you as soon as you get into the multiplayer part of it you uh, your base is just available for people to come raid and then to see if they can get it and so there's really there's no losing quote unquote which i think is phenomenal way to encourage people to keep playing and you just kind of jump from raid to raid and you can bring in friends you can do co-op it's it's not really pvp it's more like you versus your brain and whether or not you can navigate this laura croft space marine oh did we just get sued for mentioning space <laughs> marines oh i'm sorry uh <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 game is just very fluted in kind of a kind of a blockish kind of way that allows you to just sort of expand on your creativity at the same time as just kind of getting your inner Laura Croft on. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play a ton. Uh, I, I actually didn't play it at all to be honest. But I have watched trailers and people playing, and it looked like the gameplay was like Doom era FPS, but with yep. the with the like level building. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say that's exactly it. Yeah. So, and, and are you able to watch people as they go through your level? Uh, so there's a replay feature to watch yourself go through, and you can actually just jump in at different points and see where you messed up and where you didn't, which is kind of cool. You can't watch other people unless you're on Twitch, uh, you know, doing that kind of thing. Oh, but, yeah. But you, you can see where people mess up in your own base, which I think is kind of cool. And, and as you level, you're actually leveling your dude, which allows you to have better access to beat bases easier with more armor, weapons, crafting, allowing different blocks to be there. Because you really start with a very basic base. It's just like, here's four walls and a treasure chest. Guess yeah. where the treasure chest is. Uh, <laughs> but then you get more, we get little NPCs that walk around and shoot people. It, and there's even like, a, speaking of Metal Gear, there's even a little, like, uh, a robot helper dude that has like little legs and he's a block and he can show people how to get into your base if you want to be nice and it, it he takes the shortest path to lead you into the base uh but he also takes the shortest path which means you can set people up to follow it thinking oh this person's really nice oh there was a trap there now i'm dead yeah. oh that's funny are people doing like stratego style like putting the chest like right behind the starting point kind of stuff yep Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that a couple of times. It, it, it's interesting, but you have to get through, you have to get the thing, you have to get out. Uh, but like I said, the co-op is kind of cool because PvP is on. So, uh, you know, Russ and I could jump in there together and play. We can help each other, but also if I decide to shoot you on the butt right before you touch the chest and take it for myself, I can do that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I, how do they do, like, the balancing? So, like, how do you balance if someone's, like, a really low-level are they not seeing like the later level bases basically? 
Uh, you can choose the difficulty of raid, so you can oh, do okay. like you know, master level or master master level or whatever. It, it, it's kind of neat in that you can choose the difficulty settings, so you can stay to the lower level difficulties if you want and just go in and have some fun goofing around on the easier bases. But in order to advance like all games, you know, experience bar and, and getting more better weaponry, you have to go for the harder stuff. Yeah, that sounds dope. That th- actually sounds something I'd be really super into. It's, it's kind of I, I I like to think that I, mean, I don't know if anybody listening or y'all um, ever played the DVD and and how great they are at you know keeping the balancing Dead by Daylight has a lot of faults but they are pretty good at balancing things out so I think it's gonna yeah. be kind of in that same vein where they'll they'll probably do pretty good and I think it's only gonna get more complex as people build these super mega bases because it's only been out for I think what three weeks yeah. Yeah, I find Dead by Daylight intimidating just because people are so plugged into strategies and stuff like that. This seems a little more welcoming. At least you can, you know, kind of scale who you're playing against or which bases you're playing. Yeah, a little bit more customization in your playability and your experience in the game, but also at the same time, it's got that same PvP. They put uh, Dead by Daylight building blocks in there as their little nod to to their other game. So it's it's kind of cool, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, played some Dead Island 2, uh, which the reviews are out for. It's a long, winding journey to Dead Island 2. I was confused, honestly. (laughs) I, like, couldn't even parse it out in my head. So here's the very quick recap of how this happened. Dead Island 1 came out in 2011. It was like a 360 era title. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was Riptide, which was a direct, like, expansion of Dead Island. Then there was Escape Dead Island in 2014, oh. which I reviewed for Polygon and was one of the worst <laughs> games I ever reviewed. Like, look up my review for it. it, it was I don't even remember that game. Wow. The review was great, yeah. though. Like, the review is great, <laughs> but no one reads it because who cares? Um, and then there was a MOBA that got canceled in 2015. There was um, an iOS game that got shuttered in 2020. And now Dead Island 2, which has been in development for something like 10 years, is, is out with a new... Um, development team um the third development team on this game um and what they came out with was like a very sort of down the middle um like open world zombie action rpg Mm. um if you haven't played one of these uh similar i guess i was gonna use um dead rising is like a reference point but that's just as antiquated at this point uh basically zombie apocalypse you're running around you're grabbing uh whatever sort of like loose weapon like items you can find including like some upgrades and and uh you know uh, electric uh, electrical upgrades or you could turn it into like a flaming weapon or whatever and you have to find workbenches to repair it and you're trying to stay one step ahead of the the zombie apocalypse as you continue to upgrade your your um skills uh there are six different characters who have like a variety of different skills uh uh and and weaknesses and uh who, who did you play as by the way are, uh carla who's like kind of more uh i think more tanky i guess you would say it's interesting each is kind of D like because when you're picking your character each one has like something they're yeah. great at and then everyone has something that you are like bad at, like actively bad at. It's frustrating when a game puts you in that perspective before you've played a single second (laughs) of it because it's like, I have no idea what- Yeah, and this is a major decision you're making that will impact theoretically the next dozens of hours. 
Uh, not dozens oh. in my case. Well, but, depends uh, on how much you played, I guess. You know, <laughs> few. Um, it it uh, you know, it's just like all very passable and pleasant. It's just flat. It's like there's not a lot of uh, variation. You run into a, a house or a hallway or a street, and there's a swarm of zombies and. You know, you got to take the zombies out and um, usually, you know, I don't know, there's a key you're trying yeah. to find or, you know, some character who's locked their home and you're trying to get to them, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just like not like the arc of it is very flat. It's one of those where you you walk into a, a, an area and there's like no expectation that you would thoroughly loot it. You know, like it's just like it would you could just keep on doing that for quite some time. So you you loot what you need and then you kind of keep moving on. Um, so it doesn't feel like that there's not that sense of like you're in a new environment. And you want to pick up every single thing. That's like, like Skyrim in that like way you, where like Skyrim dungeons are packed with garbage that you really don't need. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and you know, there are, like I said, the workbenches where you can upgrade your, your stuff. The combat is, is very, uh, a lot has been made of like the zombie dismemberment. Like if you attack a zombie in its arm, the, arm hmm. comes off so if you're a sicko who gets off in that sort of thing that's even a, a, an option <laughs> yeah is it, that is available to you there's you one guy listening to this right now is like oh, i don't like that you're judging me right now wow. <laughs> <laughs> now hey listen no judgment what you do in the digital world is, is your business. um I, that that you know the writing is like fine it's going for for zombie land esque Irony, mm. yeah, snarky kind of, yeah. It's, Ju- it's, it's now, Justin, I, I will fully admit, so I played like a half hour to 45 minutes. So I, this is. Yeah, what rubbed you I'm going to so tell you because I'm genuinely yeah, curious. Please. So a couple of things. One, the opening cutscene is the one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen. I didn't know what the tone was going for because it's like both wacky and like, you know, sunset overdrivey, but also like genuine horror by the people that are dying and like. Uh, early on this guy is like i can't hear you because uh, or like someone's like oh he can't hear you because his ears are bleeding and the guy is then like i can't hear you because my ears are bleeding like that's the sort of tone that seemed where it was going to permeate through the whole game so that was like not necessarily landing for me and then i started fighting guys and it it didn't feel very good like it felt very mushy and soft and i feel like these sorts of games uh what was the free-running zombie game that came out a couple months ago last year by Dead. whatever that was called. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. De- daylight. Day. day. Anyone so, remember? So, di- Dying Light. Dying Light. Dying Light. Dying Light. Dying Light. All of these games, when you Dying start out, Dying Light don't too, feel yes. great because you, like, you're weak and you're using melee weapons and there's a lot of like puny like swipes at the enemies that don't go down. And... I started doing that and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel very good. It felt okay when you were doing like heavy attacks, but then you run out of stamina and you wouldn't be able to do heavy attacks for a while. And then I started picking up fucking napkins in a room and I was like, nah, dog, I just can't any, I can't. I I played a ton of the first one. It was fine for the, it's time, but it just felt like they hadn't evolved the format in any way apart from the visuals. And I just, that is 100% I accurate. I mean, it, it definitely feels like they got it to the point where the other one was, and they were like, well, it's been 10 years. People have probably forgotten yeah. that. <laughs> so let's just kind of do that. It that just didn't feel again. like it was modernized. Um, I will say one thing. The environments are really cool. Yeah. 
Um, the environments are extremely richly detailed. Like you go into someone's house and it feels uh, like a, a very well thought out environment. And that is cool. And that helps to like uh, add to the realism. There's a, there's weird stuff in the gameplay too. Like you could, there's like a very forgiving block yeah. where if you block at the same moment as the attack, it stuns the enemy and you can basically one shot them. Um, and it's one of those blocks where you can just keep, tapping the button and you'll probably get it and so you can do that in a crowd of zombies who will patiently (laughs) wait to like be eviscerated and you can add power-ups to your block where it's like every time you do a successful block you get more health and trigger like an explosion that stuns enemies so just like that move yeah with add infinitum because okay because you got you gotta tell me so Number one, everybody listening, send your hate mail to Judge Tin McElroy if you don't like what I'm about to say. But I'm not a big fan of uh, of zombie games. I'm actually giant chicken. Mm. I I can't I can't do zombies. Uh, but so I'm not asking this as in a man. I hope this is true kind of way. But do you feel like those like that genre has just reached the point where? They don't have a story because I keep I keep hearing that I heard that about Dying Light. A friend of mine actually who loves love love zombie spooky games uh, returned Dying Light to like because there was no story. They said the 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 story was bad and the acting was was definitely you, you felt like that they they must have just put the actors in a room and said read the line right like this and that was it. <laughs> Um, and, and so I'm kind of hearing the same thing about this game where a friend of mine who I trust about zombie games and which one's good so I can come on podcasts and not sound like I hate zombie games, even though I do, um, basically said, if you like zombie bashing, this game is amazing. But if you want it to do literally anything else, don't play this game. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really, you know, in movies, especially, I think. Um, zombies are used in an interesting way to like say something about herd mentality and individual uh, individuality and and you know how uh, the, the you know you know that informs them to make some sort of statement that that I would say is not happening very much at all in in this game. It just feels like we want you to be able to murder a bunch of people, but like it would be weird to make them Nazis. So let's go with zombies like that. It, it kind of feels that way. And also it's it's easy to I don't want to be, um, you know, reductive because I don't make games. But it does seem to me it'd be a lot easier to program the AI of a zombie than it would be to program the AI of a, of a living human being, um, if I had to guess. Uh, but it's not really saying anything or doing anything interesting with that. It's not even really scary. I you know, I'm I will say there was one genuine big like gasp jump scare that got me jump scares though are like not that that does not impress me that much right like quite quite yeah, quite it's loud e- an it's easy scare mayo. Mm. like it's yeah it's it's an easy scare but it did get me once but most of the time it's like not not that unnerving um especially if you don't let them corner you it's fine it's not it's not particularly frightening um it's just like it's just also and it, it makes me feel like a bad critic when i can't think of like anything more interesting to say than this but it's just it's absolutely fine it's flat and if you want something yeah. like this uh just don't be surprised if you feel like i you could be playing the exact same game from from 10 years ago with admittedly like really well done is that okay like I, I guess i'm probably opening up a really big big question at the uh three quarters of the way mark of a podcast but 
Uh, is is it okay though? Like I I kind of do feel like, and maybe this is my age, but I kind of feel like we're at the point of gaming now where where it's like either something is a nine and a half ten, or else we're just like meh, whatever. I, but I kind of feel like it's okay if your game is just a solid six and a half. Like it's all right. I mean, I'm trying to communicate that if 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 you're in the mood, like I think it didn't bother me as much as it did Russ, right? Because we. I, I was just in a place where it was fine by me. You know, like I was I was in a place where I was ready for it. It does like I, I do get in my head a little bit when I think about, well, there are other experiences that you could have that would be more yeah. fulfilling than this or would like offer you anything else. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to communicate. I, there's games that I'm not getting anything out of on anything other than li- like lizard brain level. I mean, like stuff like um, Slay the Spire or hell even chess right is like oh that was fun i'm just playing it for the for the fun of it i'm not really like getting anything out of it i'm not playing with a goal right which is usually my my thing i think you're supposed to win Um, in chess actually yeah you win or you lose but every time you're boring (laughs) but like that's the thing uh but i I, yeah i mean i think it's fine to make i think it's i i I think i i for me there's a, a screenshot i saw on twitter of this game that captures all my feelings in a single screenshot and it is this, like, very fancy, very fancy house with, like, a, a full walk-in closet and all this custom uh, clothes in it. And some of it's, like, perfectly hung and some of it's disheveled. And all, every piece of furniture is beautifully rendered, right? And it, it's just one fancy house with one walk-in closet in a zombie game in L.A. A ton of effort went yeah. into this. And then you think about, like, wow, they first debuted the trailer for this game, what, 10 years ago? So people have been sweating over this game for so long. And on one hand, I find that like kind of depressing because, wow, this is a lot of effort. A lot of people made like put really good work into this game. And what they released into the world is like the definition of, you know, straight down the middle, right? It is, it is, it is what we would have gotten 10 years ago. It is familiar. On the other hand, I'm glad it came out because there are plenty of scenarios in the history of video games where people work on something for many, many years, and then it just gets killed. So then you did all that work, and it's not shown to the world. Um, I think it's like, obviously, it's fine for these games to exist. I think it'll have like a perfectly solid audience. I think, if anything, what I, I, I like about that question, Stephen, is like, is this a six? Like, it... If, if if we see this as like the definition of like mediocrity, 6.5 is an already inherently generous, right? And that we've kind of come to a point where a game, we, we don't even register that like, oh, for this sort of AAA game, this is just actively bad compared to what else is available to spend your time yeah, and on, I, right? And I would add that like AAA games are becoming more and more rare these days because of how outrageously expensive yeah. they are to produce. So if you're going to spend this much money, you know, I, I, I think you, know, you look at a game like Suicide Squad, which just got delayed until 2024 oh, after yeah. like a really dismal. Sh- yeah. Oh, did it? I didn't yeah. know it got delayed. Yeah. A really yeah. dismal showing of a gameplay demo. And like it is such a huge investment that for your outcome to be even mediocrity, let alone bad, is a total disaster. I, I like. I don't think there's any excuse for that. Like, you need to know you're at least ha- hitting some level of good, and uh, so yeah. I mean, if it's an indie game and someone you know 
one manned it and they they're charging 10 or 15 bucks and it's fine but there's problems with like whatever but if you you had a team of 200 people working on this thing and millions and millions of dollars have been spent like y'all better make sure it's something so yeah. I don't know. It, it, to me, I guess the reason I brought that up is just, and I realize it's very in-depth, long-winded answers from all of us on that question, so probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but it feels to me a little bit... Uh, so we were talking about like Netflix, you know, film, book versus game, and I feel like it is kind of the one area that I'm starting to see a bit of a division on, is you can pick up a book and read it, and it's not great, and you'll be like, yeah, okay, you can pick up a Netflix show, and you can watch it, and it's not great. And you're like, yeah, all right. But a video game, if it doesn't knock your socks off, you'll when you talk to your friends, you'll be like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's probably better stuff out there. It's a little weird, and I don't know if it's just because we're gamers, so we hold them to higher standards or what it is. But it, it feels like just because there are, like, what is the Steam statistic? Something like uh, 10 years ago, there was 360-some games released mm. on Steam every year. Now it's 360 every week. Like, like they're so coming so fast, right? And you, you can't keep up with how many things there are to play. So maybe that plays in the part of why we're so harsh on games now. I don't know. And I think it's the time investment. Like, if something's eh, like, are you really going to spend 20 or hours, 30 hours doing it? Like, uh, that makes a huge difference. Whereas you're right. Like, if you'd spent, whatever, 10 bucks on a book and it's not landing for you, you could just put it down and not feel bad. Uh, you spent sixty or seventy bucks on a video game. That's a different story. It also takes longer to figure out. Like I can figure out if I'm going to enjoy a show usually within forty five minutes. Yeah. You know, of, of the first episode of like, okay, that worked for me or it didn't. There have been a few shows where it hasn't clicked and someone has talked me back into it or it hurt so much that I would like power through. But even that max like two three hours. A lot of video games are like just getting going yeah. at that point, and it takes a lot longer um, to get moving. Um, this is really interesting. I like to keep talking about it, but we have to to get these final beats of show in. Um, if I could be in our honorable mention segment, I would like to talk about. Speaking of books, can I talk Whoa. about a book? Yeah, I know. Uh, I know my book is called The Strange by Nathan Ballingrud, Um, and it is. A Western set on Mars, uh, which is in sort of an alternate reality where we went to the moon or sorry, where we went to Mars uh, around like the Civil War era. Um, So this is like a Western style colony, but is on Mars. Um, And the concept is basically 10 years ago, this colony lost contact with Earth in what they, they call the silence. Um, we don't know what's happening on earth. Um, we can't go back and no one can go back because we don't know what is going on there. So they could get stuck or stranded. Um, and this colony doesn't have the resources to get back anyway. So they've been living sort of isolated for 10 years uh, on Mars. And the, the action that sort of starts the story is a young girl who runs a store with her father. Um, their store is robbed by cultists who steal a, mechanical cylinder that has her mother's voice on it. The last recording their mother made before she went back to earth um, to be at her mother's bedside as, as she died. So she, uh, they steal this cylinder and uh, loot the family store. And this girl decides that she's going to go into the craters of Mars to basically destroy these cultists and take back the cylinder. And the only protection she has is a dishwashing <laughs> robot named Watson. 
that her family has at the store. Um, and it is a really, really good. It's beautifully written. Like every sentence feels just like loaded with imagery and meaning. Um, and it is a great story, like uh great sci-fi. I, it's called the strange, which is a forgettable enough title that if you don't do something about it right now, you're going to forget <laughs> about it. So please <laughs> go do download it or get it. It's, it's his first book. It hasn't been making like, a major splash. I guess he's done a lot of like short stories before this, but this is his first like novel. Um, but it is fantastic. It's called The Strange by Nathan Ballingrud, and you should read it. Plant, you play anything? Or watching um, or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like really went deep on this, and I'm still just going back and picking at Resident Evil and uh, Octopath Traveler 2 which we talked about a bit. You think you're going to bring that one home? You think you're going to bring Octopath Traveler to home for everybody? I really, I really want to, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm not, I'm not going to commit to anything because Freshick will immediately shame me. And then he will, he will probably be proven right. And I do not, I can't allow that to happen. Um, and then I also saw, uh, Suzume. Oh yeah. Do y'all know about this movie? Sorry, sorry, plant. Your your tone there was like a kid whose dad bought him a carton of cigarettes to dissuade him from smoking, and you're like four packs <laughs> in. You're like, oh, no, no, no. I love it. I love this rich tobacco flavor. It's so <laughs> everything I've said about how much I love cigarettes still holds true. No, no, Justin. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely love it. If anything, my my, I'm afraid to show how much I love it because then if I don't finish it, it, it is going to be rubbed in my face. The, 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 the cigarettes in this is spending time with Frushik. It is not playing Octopath Traveler 2. Not the first time that's Let been said. Let me be clear. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, Suzume is good. People should go see this movie. It's about a person who turns into a chair and, and a like, teenage girl who saves the world. Oh, man. I, it's that old trope again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not to be confused with Jim Carrey's fart chair from 1994 where he gets turned into a chair and all of his friends and family fart into him <laughs> what is, uh, uh, because they did not realize his shifting identity. Happening? It's a classic. What is happening on this podcast? Yeah. You know, I ask also that every <laughs> single week. Stephen, anything else you're playing, watching? Anything else you want to... Uh, you know, I, I kind of want to go the, the Justin route here. I, I, listen, I always get dragged on the podcast to talk about accessibility, blah, 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 disability. Who cares about all that stuff? Let's talk about <laughs> sci-fi. Like, that's... let's Let's talk. Um, okay. I actually was just uh, going over my perennial favorite, Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Man, I love that series so much. Um, for those of you who have never read it, it is a... Well, it's it's kind of like two trilogies, almost Star Wars-esque, but uh, the, the the first set is uh, good. Um, so it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's about, again, another book set on Mars, and it is all about... A red, which is, uh, they have a color-based system, but it's not skin color like we think of it is. Society has been segmented off into, you're a red, so you do hard labor. You're a blue, so you do science. You're a green, so you do medicine. And and these different uh, hierarchies of where they play. And golds are at the very top, and they are the people that control everything. And the reds are at the very bottom. And the story takes place on Mars, where they're digging it out and getting this mineral that can only be found on Mars. Humans have colonized the entire solar system. 
It's it's supposed to be realistic future, so it's got that expanse level technology where it's not lasers and swords. It's like technology that might exist, like propulsion engines and swords instead of guns, because you can't shoot a gun with no atmosphere. Um, so these kind of weaponries are really cool. And it's all about, uh, in the future, golds can manipulate their DNA, and there's there's people called carvers that you can go to, and you can carve out exactly what you want to be. So there's this little, like, uh, Steve Rogers, uh, Captain America before the serum kind of guy that's, like, weak and then <laughs> gets transformed into this badass who can go and kick butt and becomes the leader of a rebellion to basically uh, normalize society where it's not... The golds who are running the show and just ruining everything, but it makes society more even. And it goes over six books. It's fantastic. Uh, one of my favorites. If you like uh, Betrayal Amongst the Stars, uh, Game of Thrones meets Medieval Times kind of sci-fi, it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Action-adventure book. It has a lot of action scenes and over-the-top battles. But it's told through the eyes of the hero, Darrow. And you actually get to, like, feel like you're with him on this journey to make life better by becoming one of the, the ritzy top people and changing society from within. It's fantastic. That sounds awesome. Uh, I I love that series, by the Do way. Do you? Let's uh, talk you about it Great forever. taste. <laughs> I know. Uh, I here's, what, here's where I fell out, though. I did the first three, the first trilogy, and then there's, like, a gap um, in between the first trilogy and the second. And I got like into iron gold and I had trouble like getting, th like I had trouble getting reengaged with it. Did, did, have you ever had any, cause these are like big chunky books. Um, did you have any, any issues like that? I felt exactly the same way. The first three are in my like top 10, maybe top five book series ever. The, the second set, Definitely felt like it lost a little bit of magic because they started jumping POVs. Um, and I, I've gotten to talk with the author. He's a really nice guy. He said that he basically wanted to flex his writing muscles and he wanted to see if he could, because uh, multiple POV narrative is considered harder than sticking with one character. So he kind of wanted to see if he sure. could do it and make like, and also an asterisk on that, what the Justin's bringing up here is they wanted, they want to turn it into a HBO Max series. So mm. it's, it is being made into a series. You will be able to watch it in a couple of years if you don't like reading books. Um, and I think because they wanted to do the series, they had to bring in other character POV. But yes, I felt exactly the same. Right. First three were way stronger. The first three are very, they're also like as expansive as what Steven is saying. They're very like focused. Like you, it, it has almost like a Hunger Games structure yes. in the beginning where it's like one person up against this whole society. It's really this one person that you have to follow. Um, but they're great. I mean, you really, if you haven't read them, uh, the first one's called, I always also have a problem remembering what they are called, <laughs> but the first one is Red yes. Rising. And if you just re read the name of the next book at the end of that book, you really, <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to keep track. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I, I think for me, uh, I'm not about you, Justin, but the, for me, it was that he was really good at heartbreak. You know how the one thing R.R. Martin did go to Game of Thrones is he immediately lets you know that uh, all characters are vulnerable by killing off the main character in the first book. It, that's what they did in Red Rising 2. One of the characters who seems like there's no way they die, dies. And as soon as that happens, I'm like, oh, oh, you're willing to go there. I mean, um, yeah, did you know awesome. he picked that name out of a hat? No. I just read this. He picked the name out of a hat and he had the thought like, I could put this name back in the hat. 
But no, I kind of have to let, let, play it where it lays. I don't know. I thought those were fascinating. It's great books. Anyway. Yeah, real quick. Uh, just I'm going to plug My Neighbor Totoro, which is obviously a movie that almost everyone has seen. Uh, it's a, a streaming on HBO Max. And uh, I picked it I only because <laughs> my son is uh, starting to get to the point where he now like pretty much understands what fear is. So a movie like <laughs> The Little Mermaid, which previously he found very engaging, now when there's a shark chasing The Little Mermaid and uh, Flounder, he gets kind of upset. And I was looking for movies, kids' movies specifically, that have uh -huh. basically no stakes, and there are very, very few of them. Um, you picked the saddest. Yeah, but he doesn't understand what tuberculosis one. is. It's fine. The okay, rest of it is not, good. there's no scary you know, you scenes in that movie. It's just like chill Japanese life. And so if there's maybe another one that anyone has that can recommend would be great because right now I'm I'm kind of just like looping Totoro. <laughs> Spirited away. It, uh, yeah, is it? Uh, I think there'd be scary stuff in Spirited Away. Scarier than Totoro? I mean, his parents Toto's turn into, her parents turn into pigs. That's yeah. terrifying. Is it? That is pretty upsetting. <laughs> is that terrifying? I don't know. For, for me, my, like, my first, I, I laughed as hard as Justin. There gets like, well, we, we, we're showing off how there's no fear. Also, by the way, the, the whole movie is about a hallucinated animal uh, that doesn't really exist because uh, they're losing their parents. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's great. Man. That is one. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, all are valid, of course, here. Um, uh, uh, Fresh, who, who, yeah, who do we have to thank today? Well, before we do that, oh, I oh, wanted to plug. call out. So this episode's coming up, uh, going nice. up on April 21st. Um, there is an event going on on April 22nd that uh, maybe Stephen could uh, fill us in on. Yeah, so uh, speaking of never getting to not talk about accessibility, so uh, my charity who helps people with disabilities, Able Gamers, is putting on its very first virtual gala that will be on April 22nd. It is going to be an event that is specifically tailored for people like us who love video games, love people, but don't necessarily have the you know, $70,000 it takes to go to GDC or to PAX East in something that maybe you are immunocompromised. Maybe you just have a, a young child. You can't leave your house. So you want to participate in these cool networking events where you get to hang out with cool people, but you can't afford to go all the way to Boston, all the way to L.A. Well, so we came up with this cool idea of imagine Stardew Valley meets Zoom, where you have a microphone and a camera, and you're in a 2D world, and you get to walk around and talk to people just with proximity chat, just like we're talking right now, and enjoy your favorite content creators. We have really cool people like Little Simsy, Bruce Green, Apocalypto, uh, Moistgram from Markiplier's World, like all these cool people who... You might not ever get to say hello to who are going to be at this event for a couple of hours on Saturday and then rolling right into cool headlining with uh, Brian, Ninja Brian from Ninja Sex Party going to be headlining the show with DJ Me and this kind of event where it's all about going and having fun with people who also support people with disabilities as a charity. All ticket sales go directly to the mission of Able Gamer, so it's a tax uh, write-off if you your CPA says it is. Uh, for 25 bucks, you can go join the event, get to meet cool people, and uh, get to have a good time. Cool. And where, where can people go to find more information about it? 
if any of my rambling there sounds interesting, you can go to ablegamers.org slash gala, G-A-L-A, and learn all about it. 25 bucks is the ticket to get in the door. There's also a cool at-home box you can buy for $100. Logitech came in with a really cool upgraded box for $300 that has almost $1,500 worth of microphone, keyboard, headset, mice wow. that come with it. It's exciting and, and really a good place to go. If you're listening to this after the 22nd, all that will still be available that you can go and you can support even if you don't attend the event. That's awesome. Super cool. Uh, I think we did it. I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Horseness. We have Sun 19 and Tyler Tullis. Thank you for writing reviews uh, for the besties on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else for writing reviews. Plant, recap those games. Oh, my gosh. So many games this week. We started out with Mr. Sun's Hatbox. Then we talked about Meet Your Maker, Dead Island 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Octopath Traveler 2. We got in a movie with Suzume. We got in another movie with My Neighbor Totoro. And we got in two books, The Strange and Red Rising. Cool. Uh, Next week... Kind of TBD, depending on like whether we get early code or not. But we might be doing Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which I'm pretty excited about. Or we might be doing Advance Wars 2, which I'm also, uh, I guess, Advance Wars 1 and 2, which I'm also pretty excited about. We will see, I guess, keep an eye out on um, the Twitter and we'll we'll uh, share what we're actually doing. It's, again, dependent on early code, but uh, stay tuned. Steven, thank you for joining us. It's been a delight as always. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to once again take over this podcast. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep y'all on for another couple of months. We'll oh see. Oh my god, TBD. you're so generous. Thanks, yeah, man. you know what? I'm here for y'all. I'm here to support you and your endeavors. And uh, I think you should keep going with the podcast for at least six to eight weeks, and then we'll review. Fucking. Dope. All right, sounds good. Thank you. That's very fair. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, folks. This is gonna do it for us on the besties. But be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.